This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Terry's Used Knife and Sword Emporium in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. It is, once again, debate night in America, and I will start with saying the same thing I've said before every debate night with a caveat this time. Bernie needs to attack the shit out of Joe Biden tonight. And he also needs to lay into Elizabeth Warren over this sexism bullshit. Yeah, both of those things. And I think he probably needs to lay into Pete Buttigieg a bit. Pete Buddha CIA edge for being a CIA. <laughs> Does he need plant. to say Pete Buddha CIA edge tonight on the debate stage? Well, and speaking of that, he should also probably give a bit of that to Elizabeth Warren, who is touting who is touting her uh, foreign policy professionals for Warren endorsements, which includes an ex CIA press secretary. Uh, just totally chill and definitely normal. And uh, it's 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 going to be a mess. It's just going to be a mess. It's been a really long day. It's going to be even longer going into the evening. Uh, I'm probably going to have a few drinks with the debate. I'm going to try not to tweet that much. But uh, yeah, it's 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 been a long day. And I think Bernie needs to blow off some steam tonight. Yeah. And Bernie actually doesn't have to lay into Warren over this. All he has to do is make it clear that he has a long history of uh, fighting for women to be elected president or has long believed that a woman could be elected president. Um, he campaigned for Hillary Clinton, actually. Uh, he encouraged, tried to encourage Elizabeth Warren to run in 2016. And Warren has a history of saying very nice things to Bernie. None of this makes sense, this claim that's been put out there, either intentionally or not, by her campaign. And last thing I'll say about this, although it seems like the uh, Warren campaign has been a complete train wreck over the last few weeks, I never expected, honestly, that it would last beyond Cory Booker and Kamala Harris at the start of this. So believe it or not, the Warren campaign doing better than expected. (laughs) Based on Warren's reaction to this story last night, it really does seem like she did not intend for this story to get out. But she surrounds herself with a bunch of fucking uh, dipshit Hillary Clinton revanchists who made sure the story got out there. And it's pretty clear that she has once again been fabricating something about her past and telling stories about it to like boost her own her own brand. Yeah. Clearly been telling her friends and staffers and other people, whoever wants to hear it, I guess that, oh, Bernie said this. Can you believe Bernie told me this? Well, I decided to run to show Bernie or something like that. She knows the crowd that she's in. And of course, that's the very same crowd that would immediately run and post it on Twitter or tell a reporter about it, thinking it's like, oh, Bernie's a sexist smoking gun here. And now her campaign is fucking (laughs) has to deal with it. And it's. It's it's a failure. Yeah. I well, hopefully it's a failure. Hopefully, hopefully it's a failure. I don't think I, I don't think it will succeed in uh boosting her campaign. I certainly hope it doesn't succeed in tanking Bernie whether or not it boosts her campaign. I think that uh 
I I'm I remain unconvinced that this story uh, will play well though. But who? Only time will tell. All right, it's Tuesday, January fourteenth, twenty twenty. Here's the news. The House Foreign Affairs Committee held a hearing today on the Trump administration's Iran policy. One notable absentee was Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. The reason Pompeo couldn't attend the hearing, he was in California to spike the football over the assassination of Qasem Soleimani. Pompeo gave a speech at a right-wing think tank called the Hoover Institution. According to his prepared remarks, Trump's top diplomat made incredibly reckless and delusional statements such as, quote, Thousands of Iraqis took to the streets to celebrate when they heard Soleimani was dead. Dozens. And quote, right now you can see it. The Iranian people are in the streets. Hundreds of Iranians are in the streets because they're angry about their government lying about shooting down a passenger plane. Millions took to the streets for Soleimani's funeral. Somebody probably would have pointed this out to Pompeo if he bothered subjecting himself to scrutiny today rather than skipping town to attend a think tank circle jerk. In reality, though, nobody at this committee would have pointed that out or made that distinction. Well, Ilhan Omar is on the committee, so she might have at least. You're right. Yes. Anyway, despite Pompeo's arrogance and his recklessness and his refusal to hold himself up to any kind of scrutiny whatsoever... Here was what the top dim on the House Foreign Affairs Committee had to say about Pompeo's absence. This is Congressman Elliot Engel. We had hoped to hear from Secretary Pompeo today as well. After we invited him, he announced that he would instead be in California. Uh, That's unfortunate whether you agree with this administration's approach to Iran or not. I don't think there is a member of this committee who doesn't want to hear from Mr. Pompeo. Geez, Elliot, don't get too mad. <laughs> People like Elliot are who I was thinking of when I made that remark about this. Exactly, exactly. Shortly after, Engel had this to say about the current dynamic between the U.S. and Iran. And keep in mind that President Trump has made maximum pressure toward Iran the name of his official policy. Iran bears much of the blame for this escalation. The regime is the world's most prolific state sponsor of terrorism and believes that provocative and destabilizing behavior strengthens its hand. Provocative and destabilizing behavior strengthens its hand. That's the United States since 1948. (laughs) This is the Democratic Party's chief foreign policy guy in the House. A guy who is saying maybe it's actually okay President Trump has us on the brink of a war with Iran. Just a rat shit political party. Since President Trump took office, six children have died while in detention at the southern border. And today, a House subcommittee convened a hearing on the issue featuring witnesses from U.S. Border Patrol and the Department of Homeland Security. The hearing comes after DHS released an oversight report last month finding that no one did anything wrong in the circumstances that led to the first two child deaths. The scope of the report, however did not include whether or not DHS policy itself contributed to the deaths. Witnesses on hand, Brian Hastings, the chief of law enforcement operations at U.S. Border Patrol, and Alex Eastman, a senior medical officer at DHS, defended the department's policies at the border. They claimed to regret the deaths, called them tragic, but claimed that ultimately Customs and Border Protection is a law enforcement agency not a medical care provider, and that it has been doing its best while dealing with a crisis. Here was Eastman trying to rinse the blood off DHS's walls. From the medical perspective, 
The crux of this humanitarian crisis was a massive increase in the potential demand for care, at times nearly 400%, a number that would gridlock any conventional healthcare system. Additionally, while correctional facilities have embedded detainee healthcare systems, law enforcement agencies do not. CBP is primarily a law enforcement organization, never designed to have a healthcare system within its walls. Doing so would be akin to building a minute clinic in every police station in America. The expansion to where we are today, the system currently in place, and the direction we are headed represents a Herculean effort in response to an unprecedented challenge. An unprecedented challenge completely created by this administration, by the department, by this agency. Now, the witnesses did claim that internal policies have been tweaked to provide better medical screening of minors. What these dipshits refuse to admit, however, is that this is a crisis manufactured by their own inhumane policies at the border, by the decision to criminalize asylum seeking, to break up families. Here was Officer Hastings under questioning from Congressman Al Green, in which he admits that asylum seekers are criminals. Are asylees criminals? Are the what? I'm sorry, sir. Are the people who seek asylum criminals? People who cross the border illegally? I didn't ask you about people crossing the border illegally. You know what an asylee is, do you not? We have people that Do you know the definition of asylee? I do. The uh, then my question is, are asylees, asylees, people who are seeking asylum, asylees, are they criminals? We are asking them to go to a port of entry to receive... That has little to do with my question, my, sir. My question is, are they criminals? Why are you evading? Why, why will you not state what you know to be the truth? If why are you doing this? If they the border illegally, if they've committed a crime. Are asylees, people seeking asylum, criminals? Again, if they cross the border illegally, it is a crime. Where do you find this in the law to support your position that people who are seeking asylum are criminals? Are the babies criminals? This is, this is why you treat them the way you treat them? You perceive them as criminals? Just white nationalist scum. I, yeah. I really don't know what else to say after listening to that exchange. Uh, I want to play another clip here of Al Green um, questioning this dipshit, Brian Hastings here, just because it's good watching these scumbags just squirm. To both of you, do you take the president seriously when he makes comments? Sir, I don't, I don't what comments are you referring to? I generally... He's our president. You hear his comments. When we, when we receive... I, I don't know what you're referring to. Well, about the wall. I, yeah, I, I think the, the wall works from my experience, from what I've seen it do in the field firsthand. Oh, you, you take him seriously then? On the wall. I, <laughs> on the wall. The wall works. So you think Mexico should pay for the wall? Sir, all I can tell you is the wall You take works. the president seriously, don't you? I can just tell you that I know the, the wall president works. said Mexico should pay for the wall. I, I'm not involved in funding the wall. I'm just telling you that the wall Well, works. you take the president seriously. Well, let's go on. <laughs> that exchange is, is telling to me because I think it represents a lot of the president's support from people 
who realize he's a complete fucking moron and has no idea what he's talking about most of the time. But hey, if he wants to round up brown people, I take him seriously. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I'm on board. Mm -hmm. It's like, do you take the president seriously? Uh, uh, Oh, God. Oh, God. This is a trick question. Oh, God. Um, When he's talking about immigration. Oh, absolutely. That's an easy one. <laughs> yes, definitely. Take yeah, it seriously. I'm yeah. Right. Republicans can really pick and choose there. And uh, people like John Bolton can decide to take him seriously when he's about to start a war with Iran. Yeah. Yeah. Predictably, Republicans on the oversight panel, there were only a handful of them because most didn't show up for the hearing. Uh, kids dying in custody at the border. Give me a break. Not important. The ones who did show up uh, tried their best to make this a non-issue. Here was Congressman Clay Higgins, low-key, one of the most frightening elected members in Congress and frightening people in general, actually making the case that kids die all the time, so this isn't something to make a big deal about. CBP does their best to take care of them, but tragically, sometimes children die, including 28,308 children in American hospitals in 2017 alone. Those are government numbers from the CDC. In our juvenile detention facilities, it's not uncommon historical data from the government show an average of about 10 deaths in a six-year period. These are juveniles in juvenile detention facilities in America, much better designed and equipped to care for the children in their custody. The men and women that wear badges we care about the children that come under our care. Just a totally normal thing. Just that thing we uh, shouldn't worry about. Uh, child death in in state custody. Not a thing that any of us should be well, concerned you know, with kids, minimizing ever. Kids die in hospitals. <laughs> so. Kids die all the time. Kids die at Disney World. Higgins did go further. Totally normal behavior here. Higgins went further on to show off his bona fides on child deaths and why this hearing is unnecessary. Content warning, this this is graphic and, and dark as hell. I lost my firstborn daughter in a hospital. I lost many more on the street. Children in my arms, a young teen hitting the head by an axe handle over an unpaid drug debt. I sat there in that dark street and held that young man's head whispering prayer into his ear as a lifelight led his life. Infant child, unresponsive, hysterical parents. I did my best to perform infant CPR to resuscitate that child. She didn't make it. And I yield the rest of my time to the Grim Reaper here. (laughs) It's all pretty gross when you consider the context he's telling these stories in. Anyways, as... Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee noted later in the hearing, while six children have died in CBP custody since President Trump took office, zero died in custody in the decade before that. Higgins, why does that, uh, why does the name ring a bell? Was it his selfie video from Auschwitz? Telling you, this is a genuinely frightening individual. Fucking psycho. If, If Steve King ever gets drummed out of office, I feel like this guy... This guy will be number one moving up on the shit list radar. Anyway, speaking of Trump administration, immigration psychos, White House advisor Stephen Miller engaged in white nationalist demographic replacement theory. 
The Southern Poverty Law Center ran another story on Miller today based on emails from 2015 when Miller was a staffer for then-Senator Jeff Sessions. The emails were obtained by SPLC from ex-Breitbart writer Katie McHugh. McHugh has been attempting to expose leading figures in the far right, which she was one until she was fired by Breitbart. She, was, she has given 900 emails from Miller from around the time of the 2016 election campaign to SPLC. The organization's latest story is based on emails from Miller lashing out at birthright citizenship and President Obama's DACA order. Among the more chilling parts, Miller attacked Jeb Bush by saying Bush wanted to use, quote, immigration to replace existing demographics. Miller also cited an analysis by Jason Richwine, a race IQ modern day eugenicist guy, to try to argue that Latinx people are actually more likely to commit crimes than white Americans. In November, the SPLC ran a story about Miller sending McHugh links to the far-right conspiracy theory site InfoWars, also links to the explicitly white nationalist website VDARE, and excerpts from the neo-fascist French book Camp of the Saints. In response to the story, more than 100 House Democrats called on Miller to resign, which, of course, he hasn't. I didn't want to talk about the uh, O'Keefe video of the Sanders campaign workers talking about gulags and uh, denazying Trump supporters, but uh, <laughs> nothing wrong at all with what they said when it comes here to Stephen Miller. I agree wholeheartedly with the statements well, from since, the Sanders campaign. Since you brought it up, I will uh, just say that the video of a single Sanders field organizer is obviously going around uh, the right-wing echo chamber and the right-wing uh, grievance sphere. But that's it. These people only exist to whip themselves up into a frenzy. No one takes them seriously anymore, except yeah. their own, okay? Finally, some items out of the Senate... The impeachment trial proceedings are set to begin immediately following the House vote on Wednesday to transmit the articles of impeachment to the Senate, along with the names of Democratic members of Congress who will prosecute the case before senators. That means senators and Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts could receive their pretrial swearing in as soon as this Thursday. Mitch McConnell wants the trial to begin in earnest on Tuesday following the MLK holiday break. It appears that the situation for Democrats has improved slightly since Pelosi first withheld the impeachment articles demanding a fair trial in the Senate. That includes witnesses. It's been reported that McConnell doesn't have the votes to immediately dismiss the articles and his control over his caucus is slipping as at least three Republicans have come forward suggesting they'd vote in favor of witnesses being called to testify. Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Mitt Romney, all on the record, yet all people who you absolutely cannot trust. Before all of that is set to begin, the Senate still needs to take up the House's War Powers Resolution, restricting President Trump's actions in Iran. Tim Kaine, who introduced the Senate version of the resolution, is claiming he has 10 Republican senators considering supporting the measure. 10 would be enough to pass it, surely but not enough to override a presidential veto. A vote on the War Powers Bill is expected later this week. Meanwhile, Senator Jeff Merkley is claiming that the intelligence community is corrupting intelligence about the Soleimani assassination in the same way 
that was done in the run-up to the Iraq War. Mm. He called out CIA Chief Gina Haspel by name during an interview on CNN, accusing her of not giving lawmakers, quote, full, straight-out accountability of the facts, end quote. Haspel was confirmed to be CIA chief in May 2018 with the help of five Democratic senators. You don't even have to ask. Yes, Joe Manchin was one of those senators. That music means the newscast is over and it's haiku time where we read poetry for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month, you get access to all the bonus content we put out, plus your own haiku. This first one goes out to Jack. Running for the bus, cold as shit morning, raining, abolish all jobs. Thank you, Jack. This is for Matt. January hums along into the doldrums of fucking dog piss. Thank you, Matt. This one is for Bethany. Sunglasses for dogs, ones they can't take off themselves. They know not what's best. Thank you, Bethany. Finally, this is for Les. Senator Warren has made a claim, but can you DNA test it? Thank you, Les. And thank you to all the new subscribers over at Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Hey, call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. That's the show for today. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.